Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken. I am your host, Justin White, and my guest this week is my dear old friend, Robin Scoville. Um, he and I have known each other for oh, about 20 years, and um, it has been an honor and a privilege. Um, I can't say enough good things about this man. He's been a huge influence uh, in my life, and he's brought a, a ton of other people into my life who have also been a great influence and just really, uh, just, they're just amazing people. And, um, so rather than go on and on about what a grand guy he is, let's just hear from him. But, uh, first of all, did you hear the one about, um, the long sleeve shirt with no collar, no buttons, the short sleeve shirt with the collar and two buttons and the tennis ball who all met in the dryer? Um, it goes something like this. It's better to just be. Just be. I find. It's always better to just be. I think that's the sort of the principle of every spiritual practice and every, you know, it's like the fundamental truth of every study that ultimately. I think. I think, but that's because we've lost the link on how to just be, and culturally, the culture has driven that out of us, right? Oh, yeah. You can't just be in modern, really, I I would say, I was going to say Western culture to be politically correct, but I think it's global. Yeah, well, Western culture has, is the model for the globe. That's what people are emulating, you know, in one way or another it's the West or it's a version of it that they're exposed to that, you know, that's been filtered over time. But I think it's the, what we call civilization, you know, the types of clothes that we think are normal, what everybody wears, collared shirt, dresses, you know, Mm. I think that is, um, what is civilized to the people who say things like civilized people, you know, and I think there's a case to be made for all that, but at the same time, it's like, what if we're wrong? What if this prevailing culture is actually hurting us as a species, hurting us as families, hurting us as individual units? And and I don't mean to take a liberal position because I take liberals to task, as I hope to do with you tonight, if it if it <laughs> seems a fit, you know. Yeah, please do. Because I, you know, I don't want to associate with a team or a political party. Mm-hmm. I want to reconnect with, you know, what works and what makes sense. Of course. Around I, choices that we make as individuals, which sort of shapes our civilization. It and, does. And, and maybe even be willing to, to look beyond civilization and ask, Hey, is this actually the best solution? Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's a case to be made that, you know, the group, smaller groups of people, sort of existing on the daily level is kind of the, you know, that's, that's where it works. Try, I guess tribal. Yeah. At it, the, at the risk of sounding naive, I don't. Is that what you mean when you say go beyond civilization is to go back, like go to smaller groups? Be, well, to what I mean by that I, is. I know I mean, you don't mean tribal, tribal the way that, I mean, we are becoming more tribalist as a society all the time. I think the instinct is to and, go there because that's what works. It, it, I think you're right. I think it's, and I think people fight it because it seems like it's, 
antithetical to community. You know, they think that, well, if you're pulling away from the bigger group, then you must be isolating or trying to, you know, keep us separate. You're making it exclusive then. And then people don't like that. And, you know, so it's bad. That's bad. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to work when you put too many different opposing views together. Well, I think, I mean, it's, as far as I understand, there's been research conducted that, you know, basically um, demonstrate or illustrate the idea that, that at a certain point, groups grow to a certain number of people and and that's what it like there's a there's an outside parameter that exists that says this still works and the and the the way it is is that everyone sort of can identify with everyone else in the community Mm -hmm. on a you know not as an on an abstract level but like as joe that lives down the street yeah and there's some point where when humans grow the group grows too big it it disconnects. It sort of disintegrates. Now, now you have to rely on the idea that you don't know everybody, right? And so, a way to communicate in that environment, you know, then it, that to me, that's where politics come into play. Is is as a reaction against communities growing too big to be able to really manage in a way that works. Hmm. And Do you I would think, think that's what politics are used for: is to try to like bring it back into a framework that. I think that's what politics grew out of. Okay. Hmm. Right. Is that, is that you, I guess the idea that I'm interested in or that I found myself exploring. So I'm not sharing original ideas entirely tonight. You know, it's like, it's a topic I'm interested in. Uh huh. And so I've, sorry, only original ideas here. (laughs) 100% has to, has to originate (laughs) from every, it has to only be your cells that, that, compose this thought <laughs> exactly. can't come from outside sorry. and no outside influences allowed that's right um no yeah, sorry please sense. continue i mean you is Where it were we? but is it someone else's philosophy that you're that you're quoting or is it or you're just like pulling you've heard these things and this resonates like yeah i mean i'm interested in the conversation you know around like why I mean, I don't think anyone can really deny that like humans have begun to behave in a way that that is creating alarming conditions. I think we and, all have and I'm to not, agree. That's you know, true. To me, I'm not talking about the politically correct stuff. It's like, honestly, why talk about polar bears that are getting con- you know, confined to, to just no more ice shelves to live on and, and hunt by to like, we're causing ourselves cancer. Mm-hmm. We're destroying our food supply, our, our, our air supply, you know, we're poisoning our soil, the, the resources and as much as we want to think we're modern and not connected to the earth, we actually rely on the land base that we live on right. for life. Right. And we behave in a way that is contrary to that. So I, that concerns and alarms me as an individual, as a father. It should alarm friend. all of us. And it's alarming that it doesn't. It's alarming how little it's freaking people out. I mean, people are freaked out. People are plenty anxious and, you know, not people are stressed right now but conceptually abstractly right it's not they're not doing something with that they're just freaking out yeah but then again that was a pretty naive thing for me to say because there are people who are living in outside of the bubble you and i live in that are facing mortal threats of course yeah you know like you know starvation no they're lack of access to clean water right 
you know. But that's that civil also war. affects us, like because we are humans and we care about each other. You know, some of us care about others a lot, and some of us feel others' pain. And none of us, I think, want that for anybody. Like, I don't think at your heart you want that kind of abject misery for anybody. So I was peeing today thinking, like, would we, if people, I was thinking about the way that you would describe how the the U.S. government acts in, in other countries you ter- know, in, as, in aggressive, terrorists. as terrorists or in aggressive ways. And... I thought, where would people's tolerance for that shift? You know, I was thinking, could I ask somebody directly, hey, are you okay with us dropping bombs on women and children in order to have a little bit of a lower price of Where do people draw the line for what's morally acceptable? And how, to what degree can you hide behind, you know, ignorance or, hey, I'm not really paying attention to that, or we're actually really not paying attention to it, Mm -hmm. you know? I, I don't think that that relieves us of culpability no it doesn't but i also think culture doesn't allow us to really have true culpability with that because modern civilization wouldn't exist if we didn't look the other way at atrocities that's a good point yeah we we, somebody's got to keep moving you know yeah keep on rolling even though somebody needs to be rolled over to do it but they don't need to be. That's just how we've. That's how we keep telling the story. We keep reliving the same plan. Like, all right, let's dominate. Now, but as you, we've talked about this before, you know, I think that's a new idea in humanity. I don't. How new? Well, ten, twelve thousand years, and mm-hmm. this is according to my my best source for this is a book that I've read over and over, and I think you've read it, Ishmael, mm-hmm. by Daniel Quinn. Yeah, I've only read it once, but but it affected me deeply. Yeah, my high school art teacher and one of my best friends, Gary Seelig, told me to stop reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Riding and to read this. And it's kind of shaped me in a way because, you know, it really is through the, you know, through the narrative of a man finding a teacher who's a gorilla Mm -hmm. and that they can communicate in perfect English with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they explore these topics of how man came to be the way he was and and the notion that it's a fairly new premise that we've begun to enact mm-hmm. uh, in the last 10 or 12,000 years, or maybe it's more, I'm sure it's more complex than that, the roll up to that, to being ready to like suddenly change the premise that you're living life under that's working evolutionarily. Right. Well, he breaks, what is it that he breaks it down into? Just the takers and the... And, and the, the levers, levers yeah. Those? And but But that the idea is that man did not always operate Right. under the premise it now operates under. Right. You know, we used to enact a premise that said, what if mankind was a, a part of a larger community of life mm-hmm. right. and that we had to behave in a way that works with other life forms? Well, before we even called it mankind, it was just we were one of the animals in the animal kingdom. And I, and I don't even know that they had to have like, you know, social media meetings to decide, hey, let this be our mission. It's just... I think on an evolutionary level, you know, you, you, you gravitate to what works. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just what works and the adaptability of that. And I would argue that one of the things that worked for us is that we were aware that we relied on our land base Hmm. to survive. And we were aware of the brain in our belly that had wisdom, sometimes contrary to the cranial brain. 
right? You mean to start with agriculture as opposed to being hunter-gatherers? Or what, like, what do you mean? Yeah, what? I mean, I think those were the results of, of what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. the thing I'm talking about, I don't even know how to name it. It's like, where did we go as a species mm-hmm. where we were once for maybe millions of years behaving in a way that worked and continued to work? And I'm, I'm sure that the ability to pass on, you know, landmark things that would help you survive, like hundred year floods on rivers, for example, Mm -hmm. narratives would have to be told orally to keep people from making the same mistake as the ancestors did a hundred years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Get, you know, settling too close to the river that once every hundred years turns into the Leviathan that takes (laughs) out almost all of us. Right. Yeah. That's a really and good where, point. And where did we turn from that understanding to allowing things to, to, to shift to the premise, which, you know, according to Quinn, that I, I, I don't take issue with, is that there's a premise we're all enacting now globally mm-hmm. that says this world was made for mankind, right. and it's mankind's to do with as they choose. Right. And so all of the religions, all of the, 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 the spiritual conversations that have arisen i mean the, the the myriad religions that have have existed for mankind over time you know mm-hmm. i mean there's all kinds of things that we've shifted from believing monotheism and polytheism and you know right. earth-based gods and celestial-based gods and you know it's it's baffling yeah well and, there i mean there's in the bible it says something about dominion like man mankind has dominion over all all the other species and in fact but, named them but the the meaning of the word dominion at least then or the way it, the intended meaning as i understand it was uh, as caretaker you know we are the caretakers of these species not the rulers and abusers and you know do whatever the but fuck it's kind of the same thing with. isn't it like to suddenly mm, no i i think it's the intention is Hey, you're the only ones who, if you're going to build this civilization and decide that you get to use resources at will and be where you want to be and do all this stuff, it's your job to take care of all these other animals who don't have a choice about what you're doing. That's that. I guess that's where I take issue is to assume they don't have a choice just because most of the other life forms choose to stay within what works. And we're the ones who stepped out. We go, oh, they don't have the ability to come to this enlightened place. It's part of the mythology that we've built around the the wrongness in all our guts. Well, I'm not saying that we're doing anything about an, an enlightened place. I'm talking about you. If you build a structure in the woods, you're displacing some animals that used to live in that area. Yeah, but and on humans a, so, are the only ones doing that. The only animal doing that. No, I think everything that wherever it beds down, it doesn't want anything running through its bed. No, I mean, humans are the only ones like taking over other things and just making them just like building things on them. All the other animals are just living where they live. And they, you know, maybe some animals are destructive, beavers, elephants, you know, but they live according to the ecosystem that they're in. Humans don't. Humans stepped out of their ecosystem. That's what they we, did. We stepped out We've, of our, our, uh, our premise the, well, yeah, that too. I mean, and that, that to me is what <clears throat> launches us into all the narratives that we can get caught up in conversations with. But I want to keep coming back to this notion that everything that we can point to that's either working or not working around us, particularly what's not working or not working as well as we would like it to work, mm-hmm. you know, is in that premise. 
you know, that assumption that we are at the pinnacle of life. Right. And I take issue with that. I just, I do too. I don't believe it. If, if, if we were actually not creating war, but, mm-hmm. but, but enabling peace among ourselves, because look, I, nature of course is cold and it's, it's, it's fatal, you know, in a lot of ways. Well, it's even calling it cold is a bit of a misnomer because it's not, that's a judgment, you know, nature you're, just you're, is. You're right. Just is what I just it is. mean indifferent. It's indifferent. Yeah. You know, or and, so it seems from our perception, who knows? Nature may be so incorporated into what, I mean, you can't even talk about nature as a separate thing because we are human beings in nature. We are right. a part of, we are nature. We are a part of it. But see, our mythology today is tries to put us above it. it. Yeah. yeah, well, we also separated ourselves from the animal kingdom and from you know, the quadrupeds. We're the only biped. You know, we're trying to we're trying to do it on every level. We want to be the only different, best, only, all powerful rule everything else. Well, we don't want that, Justin. We are that. We are that. Yeah, I'm saying we we want it because we that's what we know and that's what we've become. And now we don't know anything else. But I think we do know something else. We know it deep down. We know it in ways that when we bring it up, our, our everyone around us goes, "Are you okay?" <laughs> right? Like I believe. Oh that my too, God, you're you're going somewhere weird. I mean, you know. No, well, so. that's the shit that I love, and that's. But you're right. That's culture doesn't allow you to to dig into that too much. No, like none society of society really, just doesn't want that. Yeah, even if you try to go live outside of it, you're going to be pulled back in. They're going to be going like. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we've seen it a lot mm-hmm. in our culture is people outsiders that suddenly it's like, Hey, they're a threat. Hey, it's grown into this. Yeah. You know, David Koresh in Waco, Texas. It's like, you know, whatever. He was definitely a, mis- uh, you know, yeah, maybe, faults. maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe some bad shit was going on over there for sure. And if, if child children were being Sorry. abused, you know, that, 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 that clearly needs to be like immediately addressed. That's what law enforcement is for is to protect the innocent and the weak but not to go firebomb a building full of the innocent and the weak. Janet Reno, in, in addition, murdered to, those people. She yeah. ordered the the murder, and it was carried out by knucklehead. You know, well, I, I mean, look, I don't know the people. I would love to. I would love to hear from. It some was of those carried people. out by the chain of command. The chain of command is don't question the yeah, chain. Do of what command. we fucking told you. Yeah. Period. And that's that's why a lot of stuff gets done that's really horrific. And uh, but yeah, the people calling the shots. Uh, I think you could go through most governments in most countries and find lots and lots of those people who are making decisions that are just horrific. They're just awful to think about. I like, think you oh, can't get into those positions without being willing to do that. That's what I mean. And that, and that's why when people try to say, you know, they try to make people, they make people out to be like these sweet, like Obama, for instance, you know, they, of course, Obama's better than many of the presidents we've had, you know, by my, by my reckoning, not everyone would agree, but not everyone, but by my, by, in my opinion, he's far better, um, in a lot of ways. And then there are other ways that his record is probably not as good, but also a lot of that shit is inflated or changed, you know, is talked about in a specific way in order to reflect something, you know, like saying that he's is in more drone, said more drone attacks during Obama than during Bush. Well, naturally, in a war, in a progressing war where more tools and, you know, you're increasing your firepower all the time over the course of those eight and then another eight years. Yes, they're going to be more. That's the nature of it. Yeah, they're going to be more in Trump's term than there were in Obama's. But the point is that I'm trying to make is like none of those people are soft, little cuddly, you know, Bernie even. 
he's got the, that image maybe more than anybody, but he's also, you got to be able to kick ass to be a politician. You got to be able to like make hard decisions and make compromises and do stuff that you don't want to do in order to get any sort of movement. And unfortunately the corruption has turned that into just leveraging power and money and ways to get into little private networks in order to get shit done. And if you're not in that little private system, then forget it. You're not playing. Yep. And it all base is based on belief, you know, but then there's this other place that belief isn't at, which is, you know, the hard, real history of things. You know what I mean? Steve Bannon gave me a book uh, called War in the Age of Intelligent Machines. And the book was really a history and a study of ballistics, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the ability to, you know, is the, is the ability to create trajectory and, uh, and, and speed, you know, speed the bullet to the target, right. speed the message to the receiver. Um, and it really was, you know, a study of like, you know, the idea of, of going from on foot, you know, from f- all fours to upright, you know, to, you know, to the whole, to the whole line of how things, you know, people getting on other animals that are faster than them. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I you love know, thinking the Spanish, about that stuff. Yeah. The Spanish, like, hey, look at that thing. If we could catch one of those and get on its, look how fast that thing can run. Like the first horse that somebody roped well, and jumped it, on or it, camel or whatever. Yeah. Or in, in like early man. Mm. You know, that whole turn, where did that start to happen? Yeah. It might've been sooner than more recently than we realize, you know, because again, I think there are ways that have worked for all life forms, including humans Mm -hmm. that either work or don't work. And I believe that on a larger scale, what we're doing and what we're creating under this mythology of civilization is, is ultimately a road to extinction. I I, I think, you know, by what means? By ignoring natural laws that you think you're immune to, but that ultimately you will find out that you're not immune to. Like, But what would be the ultimate extinction of, for the human race? It's I just, mean, starvation, lack of water, mm-hmm. lack all, of air, oxygen. All the horrible, all the horrible yeah. famine and all that shit. Okay. Yeah, or just civil war, like complete ravaged civil war where people are, are one-on-one hating each other and, mm-hmm. trying to, and, and this whole notion of, of any kind of, you know, there being morality. I'm, I take issue with the notion of morality. I, I think, I think there's what works and doesn't work. That's the ultimate voice. So what is it that works? I mean, whatever way of being keeps or, us per- propagating and, and living and having a quality of life. Okay. But I mean, a species is either, is either thriving or they're dying. Right. And that can but, happen. But the quality of life part is, is way subjective. For each individual creature, because the needs are varied and different. And that's the whole idea of like, one of the principles I'm talking about is the notion that in order for life to exist on an orb spinning through space, there has to be a diversity of species. And humans have begun to behave not, I believe, not always. Our mythology tells us that's our human nature. But I don't believe it is because we wouldn't be here evolutionarily if we were doing what doesn't work. And genocide is not in alignment with biodiversity. Right. So I think that our notions ultimately extrapolated out to their extremes are by their very nature. One person prevails and that's Donald Trump (laughs) and no other people below him. You know, like it really is a, a road to extinction. And I don't even know that that's a bad thing. 
for, I mean, if we're all gonna, if we're all a bunch of destructive assholes, then maybe we should get wiped off. This, I wasn't even bringing, uh, applying any morality to it or <laughs> right and wrong. I was just like, maybe, maybe we've run our course. Maybe if we start making these choices, that's how we run out of oxygen. That's all I mean us. too. It's not, it's not a moral thing. Just like, yeah, if we're, if we're going this far off course, then I would think meeting our demise would make sense. That's like, it's a fit. It's, it's sort a of fit a perfect ending. reaction. We like with drugs, we talk about side effects. There are no side effects. There are only undesirable direct effects. You know what I mean? We just, <laughs> yeah. we call them side effects because we have this notion that we're bending nature to us. Right. And we, we had the first, we had the thing that we imagined was going to happen. And then anything that happens outside of that is a side effect. It's like exactly. it's not our decision. It's not in alignment with the human vision. Yeah, we didn't we didn't run that show, so we can't we can't take ownership of it. Nor can we uh, acknowledge that anything else has ownership of it. Right. Well, that's how you pass the buck, and that's how you know. If you say, "Well, it's just a side effect of this," it's just, I didn't I didn't know that my behavior was going to cause him to do. You know, you could you could sort of shrug off anything, just saying like, "Well, it just happened." It was just like an a side effect. I was sitting at a table of about 16 scientists. Two of them were Nobel laureates. Uh, one was, uh, no, uh, two were Nobel candidates and one was a Nobel laureate. Mm -hmm. And, and someone at the table brought up the notion that bacteria invented a breathable atmosphere, which allowed for humans. The word invented just, and this was a liberal group. Mm -hmm. They just went, there is no way that they invented it. They, they weren't conscious. And to me, the, the, the mistake is thinking that, you know, that, yeah. that what invention is impossible by a bacteria. My God, we're 70% bacteria. Right. You could argue that the shape of our systems and the workability of our systems are the mastermind of ancient bacteria that figured something out a long time ago and follow what works. Yeah. And I think there's room for some deviation within it, but you know, who was the first person 
that started doing something that threatened the community and the community didn't like deal with that. Mm -hmm. You know, where did that suddenly the idea of throwing in a carcass into the river upstream from where we drink, you know, why would that happen? How would we deviate from knowing not to do that you yeah. know, to the point now where we, we factories dump toxins into our drinking water. Right. We know it's, we, we know the way the cycles work, the way that, that water and how, how reliant we are on water. And yet we continue to do this insane thing. Yeah. Sometimes in our own backyard, you know. Always in someone's backyard, you know. Yeah, but I mean, some people are doing it so close to home that it's 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 unbelievable that the denial can exist, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I see that like you know, people dump their garbage out on the side of the road because they don't want to go pay to dump, bring it to the dump. Yeah, they'll just like refrigerators and shit and couches, throw yeah. it on the side of the, you know. I used to live on a dirt road where people would bring stuff specifically to, to dump it because it was way out on the outskirts of town and they weren't going to find it till a day later at least. And they were, you know, do it in the middle of the night. So we would just, I would wake up on my way to school. I'd see a new deposits. Yeah. Like often like weekly. And then somebody else has to go fucking drag that thing out of there or pay, you know, the city has to come to somebody has to, every time I see anything like that, I'm just baffled. I'm like, who, who the fuck do you think is going to deal with that if you don't deal with it? Yeah. If you don't pick up your mess, who do you think is going to have to do it? And why is that okay for you that somebody else has to do it? Yeah. Why is that ever okay for somebody to because just leave shit around for somebody else to deal with? Because we've had a major shift in premise. All right. So tell. So you you're pretty convinced that that's the fundamental truth. Like I, that. I, I do because like. because the premise put wages puts us at you know a position of waging war with nature. Mm -hmm. And I mean, think about. I mean, we do, we see ourselves as the, those, I mean, our mythology of Adam and Eve and eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, is a, a, an illustration, you know, where, where we made a conscious decision to not leave it up to the gods who would live or die mm -hmm. in a, in a given day that we would take that upon ourselves. We write the story. We now. write the story. And that's when we started tilling soil and, 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 and conceptually building fences and starting to see the other things that we previously saw as our commute, our larger community mm -hmm. as a detriment to this notion that we're trying to achieve, which is that all of this is mine. Mm -hmm. I'm putting a fence around this and this is mine and nothing can come in here and I will set out to wipe out, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, animals will, will commit violence. I mean, lions ask the antelope, mm -hmm. but the lion never sets out to eliminate all antelope, right? No. And, and it's not a vengeful killing either. It's just, it's the cycle it's of just, life. I need to eat. You are my food. And once that antelope is killed, the others will graze. You know, they're, they're pretty safe. Sometimes right out. Yeah. Like nearby, right, right, right after. Nearby, you know, like, okay. Yeah. They got one and it's sad, but it's moving on. Yeah. I don't even know if it is sad. It's sad to watch for a human who has, who's been subject for... to this. Well, I don't know that, it, you know, I look, maybe I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from any of us who have love and compassion for yeah. animals, well, but I think I, we are anthropomorphizing. What's the word? But, uh, but anytime I say that's sad, I'm talking about myself who's feeling that I'm not saying, oh, you know, it. it's not really just, you know, it, that's every, that hey, makes me this sad. This is objectively that sad is and you better. Yeah. But I don't usually use the sentence that makes me sad. I yeah. just say that's sad. Yeah. Or I'm, you know, 
That's, but there's a huge distinction. There one, is. If one you, is saying if that you're, it, it absolutely is, and the other is saying, hey, this is how it makes me feel. Right. I think there's a real distinction there. There is, but only if you're nitpicking language. Or if you're having a reaction and it's not falling the way you intended it to fall. Uh-huh. You know, if it's having an impact on someone else that you don't control. Right. But, but they each seem to be driven by the embodiment of an idea. And, and whether, I'm not really saying that, that you mean that. But language obviously is, you know, s- subtle variations of it can, create, can spin things off into a, a parallel universe. For sure. But that's why when you know somebody as, your, as a friend, you learn their little, their little you know, Piccadillos. You learn, you learn everything. You learn all the all the little cues and facial expressions and all the things, and you tend to know what they mean without them having to say specifically. Yeah. So only in a conversation about like something philosophical where you you have to sort of be precise in your language would would that even come up? And I guess also I was a like, podcast. Hey, is that unique. antelope was eaten by the lion. That's sad. And you're like, what do you mean that's sad? No, it's not. That's a fucking you know. Then you're just being kind of a jerk. But, but. we are doing a, we are kind of speaking a study of the nuances around if, if whether or not this premise is has any legs. This idea that the premise has shifted. Yeah, and and, and it has and to again, live just in to re, to just to reiterate the premise. You're saying the premise is that humans believed hum, at some point they believe he, that they now have ownership and dominion over. Yeah, the, the I think humans generally on. believe that this world was made for mankind. And mankind, yeah. it, it's, it's mankind's destiny mm-hmm. to determine what to be done with this earth. We, I th- agree. There's nowhere large, in culture, in modern culture, you know, where, where that isn't the idea. Is like, hey, let's, we, are, we are saving the earth by making less of a bad impact. Right. You know, it, it's just, it's, ma- it's madness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. we're still going to make a huge, huge impact, but just a little bit less. We're just going to, yeah. Making the world better. One bad decision less yeah, at a one, time. One straw know? at a time. Now we're only living under 4,337 bad decisions today. Right. Yeah. And as many tons of garbage. And I guess in a way I, I feel like because we are part of something bigger, it's, it's like, I don't feel the need to get carried away. And I certainly worry. Mm-hmm. because I do have a child, but I don't, I'm not going to have more children, you know? And, Same, and I yeah. think, I think we've outgrown, like we've just, we've, we've, we've messed with the balance of population and food supply, for example, yep. you know, we have to find a way to get back to that and, and, and figure out things that work again without morality. You really? Know? really? You don't think morality I, comes into play at all? I don't think it does at all, man. I think morality well, was invented how? later. But how does it not come into play if what you're, if the whole goal is to like make sure people are able to survive? Well, be, they would be able to survive because their gut would tell them what works right now. But you're saying they would, it's, they would, it's they would, strictly they would, a practical decision that's nothing. I mean, on the individual level, I get that. Yes, I'm starving. I have to eat. But I'm talking about as a society, if we if we make these decisions to care for one another in the ways that we do, whether it's, I mean, there are ways that we don't certainly, but there are also ways we do. We have infrastructure, some of it's failing, but we have hospitals, we have, you know, places to care for people and we have people who want to do that. And there, I believe there will always be people who want to do that. And I think that is human nature or it's some kind of nature. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an, it's an impulse from inside. I mean, I think to survive, we have to survive in groups. 
you know, at, humans at didn't some evolve level, as an yeah. individual. They, they evolved, we evolved as groups. Well, or, or you could pose the question, what's the point of surviving without a group? You know, if you're the only one left, you know, how much of a life is that? Yeah. I mean, everything, truly the only one. Left. Yeah. Then, then everything ceases to have any life on it. Your after context that is shrunken down. And I guess that singularity, right? That's the, that's the, that's the micro, the micro version of the macro of the big bang. Goes back and just comes back into the one person, one meaning, one idea, and and it can't it can't compact itself any further. Uh-huh. And then there's a, a huge a explosion that on such a grand scale that if if you zoom out far enough from that, it's just a zit popping in the distant sky right. to another awareness. <laughs> We're fools if we think we've got it figured out. I think the I've always we, said that. I've been know. saying that since I was a, a you know a young lad. I, I just think it's crazy that scientists make claims with any sort of finality about things that definitely have something more to learn about them. You know, like that's the thing. Like, why have you? You could just say like, for now, we think this is it. This is the this is the working theory. Well, and that's how science has worked for a long time. And, and I would argue there's a, a recent corruption of of the scientific totally, method. Totally, I you agree. know, you everyone in science it's who's not that truly recent, committed though. to it's, it. If you're saying recent, like decades, or but you know, not not like. I mean, it's it's been going on. It's get it corruption seeps in and then grows. But it's I I feel like for a long time science has been about who can write the paper that proves the next big thing. Yeah. When you have government funding that drives it for sure. But I I think on a pure level of observation and then deduction, there are definitely those scientists out there too. I'm not trying to say they're discredit. I'm not trying to discredit any work of somebody who's genuinely using the principles to find out and questioning. But when you think you've come to an answer and then you stop looking, that's not science anymore. Well, no, no true scientist science. would think that a, a scientific fact is set in stone. They, they, it always leaves room for it's a fact until proven fiction. So, right. So I that's mean, what I'm saying. The people that yeah. we're calling scientists are not true scientists then. Well, they're because just, we're taking they're scientists. our direction from some people who are saying we should do it this way based on something that's not necessarily true. That's funding, <laughs> right? That's special interest right, funding. and that's corruption. That's corruption. 
So that's not true science. Unless they're right, unless what they're creating is life-saving, and then is it? Well, do the that, rules that, that govern well, then it truly comes back protect to morality? Us? Because what is life-saving worth doing at all in the first place? Why, well, because like, why we because, invest in it. Because that's how we survive as a species. That's our. But that if, is our primal. But what if we desire. know we know that overpopulation is one of our big problems? Then don't isn't somebody thinking about culling certain parts of the species? I know this is like getting into eugenics and and scary genocide type. Talk, well, I would just I would keep. Some, but people have that in mind. Like we can't all survive, so it's going to be me and my people. You know, like there uh, clearly a lot of us are going to have to. You know, there are people that just think along those lines. So it's hard to even if there's no individual and you're just you you can write off an entire group because of their skin color or their origin story or their belief systems or whatever, then you can take the morality out and you say, well, I don't know who the hell they are. They're different from us. That's that's how wars are, have been able to continue forever. You just need to find something wrong enough with the other. I and, think war and, can't exist without morality. I think yeah. it's a construct that is that create that that paves the way for war. <clears throat> Morality does. Yeah. Mm, that's an interesting thought. I find I, fi I find morality. Uh, you think a it's the only construct that I, does? I, no, I think it's, a, it's a, one, one of, of the constructs okay. that do right because we all have well, different. Well, certainly, yeah, yeah. We're all driven by different moralities. You know, I think we give too much to morality. Who? No, I see it as one of the things, but I don't. Yeah. But I think there are lots of them. I mean, I think I think corporate greed is one of them, and I think. Uh, individual uh power greed is another and you know there's there are a lot of ways that we disregard the other or the lesser or the lower than or what you know yeah and i think all of those are worth looking at to me though i'm interested in where does it deviate okay. you know where does it go from of course we wouldn't do that to well, right. I guess we have to do that for the, you know, uh, right. You know, yeah, right. Let's I mean, get who, back to that. Cause you said that a while ago, like when, like, where does the society decide? Like that's enough. We can't drop bombs on so-and-so. Yeah. I mean, how did we get to the point where we ever could? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, right. I mean, we, I know. we have, we have people living who've seen those atrocities more and more. They're marginalized. Right. Yeah. To some degree. I mean, it just, you know, mother, what Quinn calls mother culture, you know, she's not going to have that. Mm -hmm. Take your boots off before coming into the house. We're not going to have that conversation. Right. And unless we're willing to have that, you know, then we're, we're subject to whatever, whatever somebody's putting over on us, you know? Well, that goes for anything. If you're not willing to have a conversation about it, then the status quo will remain. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's no good often for a lot of people. So you have to have a conversation about stuff if you want to change it. And that goes Indeed. for all your inner stuff too. I guess that's the whole point of what you're doing with, uh, it's a big point of it. Yeah. Outspoken. It's a big point. Yeah. It's not the only, but it's, it's a big part of it. Got it. I mean the shit, if the shit's not out on the table, how is it ever going to be, be resolved? You know? Yeah. And I'm doing it from a personal point of view. I need to, I've needed for my entire life to like, stop shoving shit down and start putting it up and out because it's hurting me, you know? Yeah. I'm doing a little of that right now for really almost the, not the first time, but the first really serious committed time. Yeah. With, yeah. with integrity and commitment and yeah. Yeah. Intention and focus. Yeah, That's all, good. Man. All those things, having a plan and working. It, Can you, you talk know? about it? 
Can we talk about yeah, it's what like it basically, is? It's basically like stop, drop, and roll, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I find that, you know, like probably a lot of us, I have real trauma in my background that I squelched down and that kind of created, you know, a way of behaving. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's like, you know, not very often, but, but moments of just, you know, suppressed anger and loss and resentment and, you know, abandonment and all of that stuff. And, and now it's carrying into my life, you know, with the people that are closest to me that I love the most, you know, my son and and my wife Mm -hmm. and just, you know, not a lot, but like these outbursts of, you know, just fear driven anger and lashing out, you know, I think Mm -hmm. I was talking to you earlier about it offline that, that it's, it's almost like, you know, I've, I would find myself as if I was fighting for my life, you right. know, like having, you know, I mean, it got to the point where my wife was like, Hey, what are you doing today? I'd be like, I, I don't know. Let me, you know, yeah. you know, just I haven't figured that out. Like just get off my back, you right. know? And it's like, because you know, whatever I'm, I'm assigning to that, but it, it became, you know, untenable with her and my son. And, and again, I'm not, I don't want to overpaint paint. I'm, I'm vain enough to not want to overpaint a picture that I was you know, you know, beating my wife or anything like that. It wasn't that, should, but no, these you, moments of abuse actually, you know, moments of verbal abuse right. that just, and but there were ingrained patterns from your life, from your history that sure. just like popped up out of you. It wasn't you, it wasn't your heart and your soul and intention or the, what you want to be. It's this fucking thing. It was a trigger. In, yeah. It's like, cause you, and that what you described as, you know, being in a panic, like you're, you're just super defensive and in a, you know, almost fighting for your life. That feeling is what you feel when you're a little kid and being put upon by somebody who has power over you. And I remember it vividly. It's, it's horrifying and I can re- still remember the rage. Mm-hmm. And know. that gets ingrained in your psyche and it comes with you for the rest of your life yeah. until you address it or maybe even after you address it. But at least by addressing it, you get to take a, a look at a few different angles and see that you're much less a part of their cause and you get to see like you don't have to have shame about these things that were beyond your control you know and you just get to have coping mechanisms like right. like i mentioned stop drop and roll i'm working with this incredible therapist who's who's you know patience and compassion and insight has just changed my life right now in the last six months but it's no hocus pocus. It's like, Hey, if I start feeling this way where I feel the blood coming up into my throat and, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm triggered in a way that's like, you know, take a deep breath, sit down and count to 10, just name it for a second, you know, because to, to then turn around and, and, and throw that at someone else, you know, is, is it just sucks, you know, it does suck, but it's also probably the most common thing that happens in human relationships. Well, and then you take it a step further with me and it becomes spousal abuse and domestic violence and yeah, if all of that, all stuff. the shit that you grew up and were exposed yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the shitty thing about those patterns is that they really do like, because of the, the time and the way in which they were set in place, they become a part of your being, you know, you can't, you don't want to identify with them but they exist for you. They were real experiences. And the feeling that comes with those experiences is real. It's a real emotion. It it is. But I think it's that other thing too, back to the ancient thing that worked. Mm -hmm. It worked for us to have 
gut visceral reaction to things that were truly dangerous. If they're truly dangerous. Yeah, right? exactly. But not and, if they're perceived and, as dangerous. Yeah. And of course, in our modern right. culture, we know that the body can experience a trauma of somebody else yelling at you, you know, or threatening you. And, and, and according to your body chemistry, you're being attacked by a fucking saber toothed tiger, right. you know? And so all of the things that happen that are what have developed to work right. for us to survive. Now we're pushing all of that down. Now we're, now we have, we formed a society that, that curtails that and compartmentalizes that and, and, and steers that. But all, well, know? yeah, it steers. I would agree with mostly the, well, that so to have an, a fear reaction to something that is, is actually dangerous, that works. That's a good thing. Absolutely. But to have a fear reaction to something that is that you perceive to be dangerous but isn't, or something that's a figment of your imagination, that's that doesn't work. Well, my my it's wife ineffective, and it could be destructive. You know, my wife gives way. a great example of that. That as a woman, she was born in 1984, so you know, probably by 1994, she was becoming aware that if as you know, as a girl, to watch to watch out for danger. Mm-hmm. And I think for good reason, but but not in every case, right? Right. So now what they have to do is expend energy to assume that every person, and she does, and and yeah. rightly so, because right. you know Cause, women cause are one targets. One out of a thousand is still the one that might do it. So you have to yeah. extrapolate to all. Yeah. So she's lived her life covering her. She's an incredibly as, as women voluptuous, do. beautiful woman, and she downplays that. Yeah. With her style, which her, you know, her, her fashion is brilliant. Yeah, I love it. But it's, but part of it, and she will tell you is, is she wants to cover herself up. Yeah. It's sort of like intentional frump, you know, it's like, yeah. like, I'm not going to let you see what's, you know, what's going on because you're a creep. And uh, yeah, at age 10, friends of her father would be like oogling her, you right. know, ogling her, you know, yeah. and just like, and she became aware of, of it. At, at and an I think that's probably age. happened to almost every woman on the planet. You know, at some point, it's yeah, at from least somebody. at least since the the premise change, I would think I would yeah, I think it does. Like, why would you marginalize women when, yeah. when they what they do is absolutely vital? Right. Well, yeah. If you, you take know? the pre- I mean, yeah. If the premise change is is just strictly like when when it's basically when man became selfish, like you know, it's like now it's my turn, me only me, don't care. If you, if you, well, I think there's a time to be selfish. Like if the thing is chasing you, it's gotta be all about you. But where we began to apply that as a belief system, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think, I think there are times when you have to be selfish. It's, it's part of the survival mechanism. I agree. And it's all in every animal, every animal, you know, that's why to me, it isn't good or evil. No, but what you do with your with those feelings like you you are able to resist selfish impulses one 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 could you know some people don't or or maybe can't but um it doesn't because you have the desire for something doesn't mean you must go have it that instant you know you can you can have a selfish thought and not act on it is what i'm saying yeah for sure i mean for instance, you can I mean, you can, we could just talk about any parent making a sacrifice for their kid. You know, I don't want to not do the thing that I was going to do, but my kid is more important to me than that thing. So I'm going to sacrifice this. 
for them, you know? Yeah. That's a selfless act. The selfish impulse was still there. Oh, shit. I wish I could have, you know, I don't want to go to the that recital. I want to watch this perform this rock show I was going to go, you know? Yeah, I do. So I totally you, know what so you mean. a person who makes a choice to fight those selfish impulses, I think, is to, is living toward communal living and desires to have more people in, included in the goodness and have a better life. And a person who every single time the thought comes up says, "Yep, that's what I'm going to do. I want to do that. That's what I'm going to do." Then I think that person is has an individualistic. I'm not saying they're a bad person. And I don't, there doesn't even need to be a moral attachment of any kind. It's just that they're living in a way. Is that yours? That's mine. I'm so sorry. I have to give my I think cat it's a totally shot. appropriate. Um, can we hold this thought and come back to it? Time to make pee pee. Is that the alarm? The pee pee alarm? It's the insulin alarm. Okay. Let's give the kitty cat insulin. production facility and, and a woman in the hallway was like mr hawk nice to see you again came over and shook my hand and i'm smiling and like i'm not mr hawk whoa she was like whoa you look just like him huh and you've also passed yourself off as a baldwin can you tell I've the story i've never of passed myself off but it's it's other people have convinced themselves that i'm stephen baldwin no but you you went along with the ruse I, I look it was always an embarrassment it was like to try and i tried to kill it you but know, can we, you tell the story of the well, one my time son, you my used Charlie it and my to your buddy advantage Jay and i went we're, we went into a restaurant down on like sunset junction uh-huh. and uh in la and and the restaurant was packed and i said hey is there any chance and the guy was like no not a chance so we walk out of this place 
And uh, all of a sudden the waiter comes running out and he's like, no, 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 come, come in, come in. So we're like, what, you know? And I, I'll never forget because this guy had, he had hair, he looked like Wolverine, you know? Like, nice. So he, he took us in and up these stairs and they were bringing out a table on the balcony and we were the only ones in the balcony and we suddenly had this table and then all of a sudden this food starts arriving. And you had no idea what was We going had no on. idea. We're looking down over the entire restaurant. The margaritas start rolling in and, and I'm like, looking at Jay and Charlie going, what is, what is happening? And right. Jay goes, I think they think that we're someone we're not. Uh-huh. And the guy came over and immediately was just like, to me, like, so, you know, how's the movie business? And I'm like, how does this, how has this guy seen any of my movies? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm small potatoes, you know? Right. <laughs> and I was like, it's going pretty good, man. It's, you know, it's hard. And you know, I said, I'm just trying to be relevant, but I don't know how to do that. And he was, all of a sudden he's winking at me like, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Right. So then the food and I'm like, Hey, what's the food? And he's like, no problem, man on me. Wow. And so we're eating and all this. And then all of a sudden he's coming over going, Hey, can I trouble you for an autograph for this woman? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, bro, I think you think I'm somebody I'm not. And he was like, yeah, right. He did it again. Yeah, did the Lincoln and, and then he brings this woman over, and she's all like starstruck and tongue tied. And, and at this point, you still have no idea who I he have thinks no you idea are. Who, who I think they think I am. So yeah. she's got this thing of thing, and her daughter is like standing at the stairs with the father, and they're both smiling. Uh-huh. And, and all of a sudden, so I sign my name to this book, and then it's like, can we do a photo? Uh huh. And so, I, like, snap! Here's this photo of me with this woman, and I realized somebody could post this and make it seem like I'm trying to be Stephen Baldwin. Uh-huh. But I wasn't saying I was or whoever, you know, they thought I was, but I was like, oh my God, you know, and then, and then the guy started calling me Steven. So is that the one you first <clears throat> cued in? To, that was the that's first who time. He thought. Yeah. Did you need a second to be like Steven? Oh, Stephen Baldwin. Well, that's it, who I it did. It did raise one other incident with your brother and my brother-in-law in Toronto. That's where, the one I was asking you the story. Yeah, I thought yeah, you were going to we, tell. We went to go up in the CN Tower. Yeah. Just to get a view, but there's a there's a restaurant up there and there's an, a line that's like two hours to get in yeah. the elevator. I've been in up. that restaurant. And uh and, and we're there and, and we walk up to the front. We're like, can we not just go up there to, to look around? And the woman's like, Hold on one second. And then here comes this like walkie talkie, and then here comes this blonde manager, and she's like, Come with me. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the elevator next to it, she uses a key and boom, up we go. To the top. And she thought she was like, we already made a reservation. Like you're, you're, you're I was like, Oh, I, we, we just want to look, you know? And she's like, well, whatever. But they had and, set and a then, table and aside then, for and you. And then she's you like, you know, it's a pleasure, Mr. Baldwin. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, you know, we just like had this moment, you know, but, so but both times you were just like, you're, we'll just go along with it and see what, like what they think. Who they think we are, it doesn't matter. Well, this We're, woman just, just came by and went like this. And, and so come I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like I'm in town for a film festival. You're, I'm with your brother who's like a kick-ass painter, you know. Yeah. You thought maybe there was some special I, access. I, or this woman thing. thought we were charming. Oh, and okay. so all of a sudden. And then and then it's like we're in the elevator. And she's like, it's a real, you know, thank you, Mr. Baldwin, for being, you know. And we were just like, oh. And you, But you didn't set the record straight at that moment well no we're in the elevator to go up and get what we wanted you yeah know? you gotta wait so till like, you're on the way down like get out and like start snickering about it you right. know by the way and we just took a lap around and went and got back in the elevator and came out and all these people were mad 
that you, you would know? skip the line. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, I mean, every I think every uh, you know lowly civilian should be able to have that experience once in a while because why do celebrities get to do that? Like, why do you why well, do why do you get to walk up to a restaurant and get a table when nobody else is allowed to? You know? Oh, because your your name is big and in lights. Yeah, because you want to associate with celebrity it's a it's a it's a thing that's built into our culture that we that we love you know we're like oh wow you know the person right. who you've but only it, seen in two dimensions is real but it's also bullshit you know when oh, when one person walks up and says can i have a table and you say no but this other person walks up and they say oh you're this oh yes absolutely we have space for you so that's what i'm saying yeah that's bullshit that's uh, look i, ha- I, I i'm not a, saying it's like i was a projectionist at la county museum mm-hmm. and there was a back way in right and i've had many people be like hey can i can you take me in the back way and i'm like nope uh-huh. but when john c Riley came backstage and was like hey dude can you put me in the side i was like absolutely yep. dr pool <laughs> you know just like yeah absolutely again it was like yeah i'm gonna help you over other people right you know, Nepotism. and I think because you've done something that like we honor. Well, that makes you know? sense to me if it's something you truly honor, but often it's not that it's just strictly that their status is high, you know, I mean, maybe somebody yeah. honors it, but, but it sucks when you're sitting there watching privilege be handed out to, I mean, here I am a man of much privilege talking about watching <laughs> I remember I remember uh, being in line at the Viper room like waiting a long time and fucking Quentin Tarantino and Juliet Lewis came and the dude like immediately opened the rope and in they went uh-huh. I mean it was like but I got it it was like that's Quentin yeah that's Juliet Lewis you know they're together they're like you know I, I saw know. Quentin, I was okay with that I saw Quentin eating pizza in Brooklyn and it was in disgusting it was, it was hard hard to watch I can't, I can't can't even imagine he was talking he was with this friend it was just the two of them but he talked for the entire like 45 minutes that they were sitting there i i could hear him like i the whole time it was only his voice and every time i peeked over my shoulder there was like grease and shit all over his face and he had his napkin tucked in his shirt and he was just like they're wolfing down this giant pizza So, oh lordy, oh Tarantino, but then Jackie Brown, uh, see a it. minor miracle. I don't like that movie. That's uh, one of the ones that didn't do it for me. Yeah, a lot of people love it. Yeah, I can't get with it. Sorry, man. No, no, it's okay. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't bother me, and I can see why. You can yeah. without me even telling you why. Yeah, but but it still had a level of sophistication that this new movie doesn't. I I couldn't compare the two because I don't. I've only seen one. I won't keep coming back to it. That's not. I'm not about screw that guy talking down about you know people who are out there making it. Well, unfortunately, I do do that. I do think it's great that people are out doing like making their. Of course, I all all props to Tarantino for what he's done, and um, you know, especially somebody who didn't go through the the proper channels so to speak to get to the career he wanted he just like liked movies so much yeah he just really really loved movies and he watched a million of them and then started making them and well and wrote some that big big directors started making right you know yeah well that's always a nice foot in the door yeah but um and and like i said that's i have respect for anybody who's doing that legitimately yeah but um and i don't 
I, I'm just critical. It's not like I'm like against the guy or against anybody who or the Cohen brothers or anybody I'm speaking ill of. I just think that people get stuck in their formulas, like filmmakers especially, and sure. or musicians or whatever, and they, and they get in ruts that they don't see that they're in. I remember hearing in film school once, I can't remember if it came from an upperclassman or one of my mentors, but this theory that every director only has really seven great movies in them. Mm. And, I remember uh, you talking about this once. Yeah, and I, and I think and we, we were trying to I think test we were the building theory. lists and building we, theories. Yeah. And I remember going, "See, see," because we like, would end at seven. We're like, oh. "No, like oh, we were ending at seven, oh, okay. you know, for the real prolific ones." I mean, obviously, Hitchcock and and John Ford, those guys who who had we huge cannons of 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 work, you know, right. hundreds. Yeah, some of yeah, yeah some yeah, of those guys, some. hundreds, you know, right, and um, and it and it. You know, I mean, I'm sure you could argue an eighth out of that kind of prolific body of work, you know, but yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, maybe you run out of things to say or maybe you run out of energy to go out and make film. But seven then, is a lot. If you make seven good or great films, then yeah. why? Why? Yeah. I mean, of course, you want to keep pushing your art if you're doing if that's what yeah. it's about. Yeah, of course. But you might fall short. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm tolerant of it. You know? Yeah, that's good. You should be. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of my intolerance. I, I carry it with me, but I don't like it, you know, and I, and I judge it myself and then I judge that. And then I, ju you know, I'm intolerant. It's a, it's not a fun way to live. You know, I walk around. Do you think judging you can, do you think you situations. could just choose to go differently than that? Or is it just so hardwired? It feels pretty hardwired. I've been trying to choose otherwise and do, you know, yeah. make life I've, I've been on, I, I think I've been on and off the path many times, yeah. you know, I've been done, I've done things that are really right for my progress and well-being, and I've done things that are really wrong and I continue to do both. I think it sounds admirable to me. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Sounds balanced. It, well, I don't know. I think you shouldn't have equal, equal parts. It's, I've been trying to do less bad and more good. And I think I'm on the right track. No, you're, you're more good than bad. And all the good, bad boys are good, you know, Thanks. ultimately. Yeah. <clears throat> but I did, I did, you know, just spend three nights with this mutual friend that we have and he's, he's a bad boy on stage. He's a rock star, you know, but, but in his general life, he's, he's very structured and, and he eats very well. And, mm -hmm. you know, he, he never took the joint when it was offered to him and passing it around, you know, and, and, um, but he's so, not opposed to, no, he's not opposed to, to any of that. To he's THC just choosing or to the, no, no, he's just, he's just making choices, you know? Right. But then when I pulled up here to come and spend the night here for the next couple nights, I was like, I'm walking into a bad boy's house. Oh shit! In a good way, you know. In a good way. You're, the, you're one of the you're one of the great love lovable loving outlaws, you know. Oh, thanks, in, in man. My history, in my opinion, just just knowing you know your history and I like that and, characterization. Yeah, it's really sweet, you know, and and uh, sexy. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. Well, I think we should yeah. wrap right here. That's a that's a <laughs> like as good a stopping place as any. Well, I think the same about you, actually, before we stop. I think you, I mean, I would use different words, but yeah, I'm a big fan and I've, I've taken lots of uh, cues from you on how to be good in the world and how to be a good friend and, you know, show, show your love and be honest. And so, yeah, I appreciate you 
for all that and more. Bro, I, I, I receive it and, uh, you know, I, I, I throw it grasshopper right back at you. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I just think, you know, I'm as grasshopper moved by you as you are by me, you know? So that's, that's a, (laughs) well, good. All right. Let's end on a note of mutual appreciation with a hint of irony and self ego above (laughs) (laughs) just, just a little from each to the other. Uh, We have to be, we're artists, you know, we, we have survivalists, whatever we have to say is a little better than most of others. (laughs) That is the way it works. All right, man. Oh, I love you. I Thank, love you. Thanks love for you, being Justin. on. We'll talk to you soon. What a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. That was my friend Robin. Uh, his last name is spelled S C O V I L L, and um, he's a filmmaker and has some stuff somewhere online, maybe YouTube, maybe Vimeo. Um, he was gonna give me some a way to get there, but I think if you just search his name, Robin, like the bird, Scoville, S C O V I L L, you will find him and find things that he's done and made. So, um, and he helped me, uh, he, he and I co-directed a video once, um, for my other persona who happens to rap. And, um, it was super fun to make. It was his, uh, mostly his brainchild. And then we both made it come to fruition and with some help of other friends it uh, became a reality, and it was really super fun to make. And if you want to check that out, you can find that. Um, well, that's me promoting myself. That's weird. Hmm. Hmm. Well, if you so desire, go check it out on YouTube. Um, it's uh, Maybe Mabel is the name of the track, and the uh, the moniker that I go by is Modverse, M-O-D. V-E-R-S-E. And uh, so, yeah, you could see that video that we made together. Um, And then, who knows, maybe you'll see other things too while you're looking. Um, If you've been following the Cat Saga, you may have heard a little uh, interruption there. Sorry about the alarm, but we had to do it. I had to do it. I'll come up with a better system that doesn't um, interfere as much, but... Uh, yeah, my kitty is still getting insulin. Uh, actually had to up the dosage because it wasn't doing enough. And, uh, her number, her blood sugar was still quite high. Um, she did gain a little bit of weight, which is actually good. She was losing quite a bit quickly. Um, and she seems good. She seems healthy and happy and she's eating and now she's on a higher dosage. So we'll see what that does. I'll check in again. I'm going to learn how to do the the testing myself at home so I don't have to traumatize her and bring her in all the time. Um, So that's that. And then, uh, yeah, Robin and I could have talked forever, and we did talk for a bit longer, so I'm definitely going to put some some of that unused stuff in an outtakes episode 
in the future. And if you don't know what that is, well, go check it out. Um, I mean, I assume you know what the future is. Um, and you should still go check that out. But what I'm talking about is outspoken outtakes. There are several of them up already. And um, it's basically uh, a compilation of unused material from different interviews from various people that I've talked to over the years. It's coming up on two years. Dang. All right. I got to stop babbling. But I love you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.